I watch film, but I'd be honest, I mean, when I first started watching film, I was just watching the game. Hello everybody, welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host at DDDNFL on Twitter and of course follow the group at UK Packers. And as usual, I'm joined by me old buddy, me old pal, it's at Ryan Peacock NFL. What's going on, buddy? That's uh, coming in with a little whisper, I like that. A um, bit like celebrating last night for most people at half one in the morning without trying to wake up the whole house. But uh, mm. I have to say, I'm feeling a little bit under the weather today. Oh. Is that because of tiredness? So get, first off, give me the zombometer about how tired you are and then hit me with how the, the colometer. So zombometer on a level from one to ten. Uh, I'm good. Well, I'm only going for a six on that because it was a... Uh, essentially, it's mad, isn't it? So the half one finish or one o'clock finish essentially become like, oh, good. Glad I'm getting yeah. to bed early tonight compared to staying up all night. But uh, yeah, it wasn't too bad. Um but I don't think I got to sleep till gone two o'clock because I was just mm. buzzing from it. But yeah, and then woke up and I had a cold and I was tired and it was raining. So yeah, it's just one of them days. But obviously, nothing matters too much when it's a victory Monday and you've just beat Dallas again in their backyard and Skip Bayless was almost crying on his live Facebook stream. So that was, you know, great fun. Oh, I, didn't, I didn't see that, uh, Skip Bayless crying on his live Facebook stream. Action. That would have been nice, yeah. He was trying to provoke, he was trying to poke the bear, which I hate calling us the bear because of dad bears. Um, but, you know, he was at it again, wasn't he? I mean, like, he makes clown of the, he makes honorary clown of the week every week just by being alive. But one of them was, he just hates Green Bay and everything we are and everything we stand for. Bit of a dick. Yeah, you can find it. If you go to his, uh, I, know, I know most of you probably out there are not going to be liking his Facebook page, but if you go to it, it's on there. And, uh, I'll be honest with you, there's a bit about halfway through I actually feel sorry for the guy because he just looks like he's lost all will to live watching his Cowboys play. And he even says things like, the Cowboys are not a good team. But at some point in there, he still manages to drop in that he doesn't like Aaron Rodgers and he's not a fan. So he's still a Muppet. So you don't feel that sorry for him. But uh, he looks like a completely broken man. Yeah. And i tell you what as well, without all the makeup they put him on TV, he looks about 30 years older as well. Oh. But that's that's just me with a, a bitchy comment. Yeah, it's like watching your granddad cry or great granddad, maybe. Yeah, pain in the pain in the arse. But listen, we let's not start this uh, podcast off with a bit of negativity. I know you're under the weather, Ryan. I know that's tough. But we're we're in the <laughs> we're in a brand new upgraded, shall we say, UK Packers HQ. We've no idea if anybody's going to notice the broadcast quality stuff that we've got going on in in the studio because the podcast's pretty popular. We graded pretty high on iTunes. And we thought to ourselves, we can't keep going on with this patchwork. Air broadcasting studio was like the patchwork O-line. It was good. It got us by. But now we have Balaga in the studio. Bakhtiari's in there. Even though Troy Aikman thought Bakhtiari was playing last night when he wasn't. But there he's in here. I mean, you know, we've got Aaron Rodgers is behind him. Aaron Rodgers is behind the mic. Yeah. Well, it, well, certainly I've got some good-looking stuff in here and uh, hopefully it makes it sound like I'm a real podcast person. Yeah. And uh, do you remember the days when I only used to fill in when you couldn't get famous people on? And now I've got a posh microphone, so I'm moving on <laughs> up, baby. Just like, is that uh, M People? A little bit of 90s dance for you? M yeah. People? Yeah, what a tune. What a tune. I think everyone's dad had a bit of a crush on uh, from that lady from the M People. <laughs> that lady yeah, that lady I can't remember yeah. her name I thought oh, I I'd remember the name for a second and I lost it I feel bad but I can't if you have a crush on the lady from the M people tweet us at UK Packers so right now we're going to talk about this uh, badass game 
I think we probably should because yeah. Aaron Rodgers is a bad man. He's a bad <laughs> man. Um, let's just, now again, if it wasn't late and we weren't so knackered, I'd edit in the drop of you saying what you said, but let me just recap it in your voice. So, Steve, uh, I think what's going to happen is is uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to march down the field and score a touchdown for the drive. How about that? Uh, it's, yeah. God, I didn't realise it sounded so good. Um, <laughs> Don't yeah, you do me now. Don't you do me, because that, that always ends up racist. I can't, I can't do, yeah, I can't do an Irish accent. Either sounds full-on traveller friend, or yeah. it goes sort of Indian halfway through, but uh, yeah. I, I cannot keep it Irish. Um, so, yeah, look, I said it. I had a feeling that it would be come down to a fourth-quarter drive to win the game for Aaron mm. Rodgers, and, uh, well, it kind of did. Um, so yeah, it was nice. It was nice to call one right, but I guess it's, uh, I guess it's one of those things where if you make enough predictions, you yeah. know, what was it? A, a broken clock is is right, right twice a day. a day, didn't you say? Didn't you say that on the last podcast? So I, I feel says, it's. Uh, I said that in the challenge video. Yeah, well, that was. That was yeah, uh, oh yeah, yeah, that's the one. That that's the one. one. So yeah, to to quote you, um, mm. I think that's quite apt here. But I'll take the W on this one. Yeah, no, you did well. Um, I thought it was something different, and it was funny because we got, we have new video gear that we're, we're trying to try out, right? I remember we had a bit of an experiment. We're going to release a big-time video on Sunday, and we record it and stuff, and I'm glad that didn't release because you repeated your prediction that it was going to be the last drive. I think I said we'd get it by two TDs. <laughs> so had I just shut up right there and not said it, no one would know. Yeah, I was going to leave it out, but uh, mm. to be fair, though, it, it was an odd game, wasn't it? Because we seemed to be switched off early on and then again second half just come back with a different attitude and uh once once it got going in the second half it didn't look like didn't look like stopping and and, and mm. it was just an unbelievable game in the second half to watch but uh as mad as it sounds I wasn't confident the whole way through even when we did go back ahead and then when they started coming down the field again and obviously eventually Dak runs in and we've got less than a minute left and I just still wasn't really feeling it until mm the very moment we actually scored but one hell of a game to watch yeah because some of the lads from the group were over weren't they uh steve hale and the boys dave franklin yeah dave franklin i think uh chris strahan yeah um so and again we don't want to go to, i don't know there's probably only four lads gone over is there and we're after naming three that's gonna sound I really bad i can't remember the fourth guy but that's really bad yeah, I th- do you know what? I think it's with the haze of all that went on last night. I didn't properly look at the pictures, if I'm really honest. So um, to whoever was left out, we deeply apologise. Because I, I believe all of those guys have been on trips before. Um, that Some of those words in that sentence weren't actually words. So to, to me, it was weird. It was like, at the start, I always expected the Packers to win it. And maybe that's because of my... Like, you went down to your drive, I think, so you had obviously sort of had it in built in you that this was going to be a really close game. I felt that we had Dallas's number on this one. I felt that with the sixth best defense in the league, which, again, was sort of a stat that shocked us, Ezekiel Elliott not firing on all cylinders. I always say that Dak Prescott is overrated, which sounds mental to people, especially the people at Danon, who offered him three mil this year to uh not to the people at dallas though like you said who don't offer him anything yeah 540 grand uh, on his rookie contract so he earns more money from selling yogurt than he does to quarterback for the dallas cowboys which is just a mental stat but it makes sense because of the whole rookies contracts or whatever so when i added all those pieces together that i didn't think that i thought Dak had that bit of naivety maybe that overconfidence 
I mean, I remember 16 or 18 year old me, I knew who I was, what people thought of me, what I wanted to wear, what my identity was, what I wanted to be, blah, 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 blah. And then you get older and you get knocked around a bit and then you realize, hey, maybe I don't know everything, you know, and you kind of, you mellow out a bit. And that's why I see Dak as that 16 year old Steve, did he? I see him as like, oh, I can do that, you know, <laughs> and he just hasn't got the shit knocked out of him enough. So that's how I saw him. So Ryan, how I saw a play out was is that Ezekiel Elliott would get stuffed, which in fairness, we did stuff him, right, at the start of that game. I thought we, we played a stellar yeah. job. Um, Dak looked good. I have to I have to admit, he looks real good. And that's why my brother-in-law uh, texted me. He was like, because I keep saying to him, because we, we have chats about it, he's a Redskins fan. He says, bro, seriously though, Dak looks shit hot. And I was like, all right, all right. All right, I admit it. He does. He looks good. So yeah, you don't we, need reminding when you're playing against him, do you? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Shut your tits. We, we can see it. Yeah, I'm right. I'm right here. So that's that's what happened when uh, that NFC Championship game, which again just is at the forefront of my mind, along with my child's births and uh, near death experiences. That's right up there up the front with all of those. And <laughs> I remember one of the lads texting me from work saying, "Oh, congratulations, man! You've finally made it to the Super Bowl." I was like, "Don't why don't do don't do that. Don't even do, there's two minutes left. Anything can happen, and it did." So Ryan, it's all that guy's fault. Yeah, it's yeah. Well, come on, you don't a text bit a man. Somebody else's fault. Two minutes ago, yeah. That that whole faithful jinx thing. So talk to me, Ryan. Did this thing here? So at the start of that game, were you impressed how we were able to shore up Ezekiel Elliott? Because we made a bit of a balls of it later on in the game, and he could just seemingly run, you know, for as long as he wanted. Even Dak was running for as long as he wanted. There was a third and five i think and he and he ran for 21 or 24 yards you know it just seemed a bit ridiculous at that stage yeah i it, it was it was an odd it was certainly an odd game and they seemed to be able to do what they please like they even had a couple of long receptions fairly early on that again mm. i thought oh no not again are we you know not going to be able to cover and of course cole beasley who hadn't scored a touchdown so far this year gets two I think he got two against us in the end yep um, so I thought it was going to be another night like that and of course Dak was getting going and Zeke was start you know later on in the game started to find his feet a little bit um, it, it felt like it was just going to be one of them frustrating nights there was a lot of plays for example that were getting down to the third down wasn't there yeah. uh, you know sort of doing really well on the first and second down and then of course the third down letting it go but do you know what you have to try and remember sometimes they've got four attempts to go just 10 yards. Now, I know it's much harder than that. And if it was that easy, then, you know, they'd, they'd score on every player. It'd be like the NBA, just go end-to-end exchanging <laughs> points. But so, but it is, a, it is four downs to go 10 yards, and these are professional football players. And as much as we think we're good, so are the other team. And it doesn't matter who you're playing, even if it's the Browns, you know. Yeah. Fo- football players are good. They're the elite of their game, right? Unless they're the Jets where they just trying to tank and they got everybody in off the street and then they can't even tank because they're still winning but anyway whole nother subject um so look they got four downs to go 10 yards is what i'm getting at and obviously on third down it's generally going to be a hell of a lot easier than on first down because they're going to have less yards to go but it is frustrating to keep watching it happen and it seemed to be like certainly at the start of that game steve it felt like it was going to be another night where first down we were going to do good second down we were going to do good but third down we couldn't get off the field um, it felt like, and as much as we did get some contact on Dak, and we did certainly get Zeke behind the line at times, it also felt like there was going to be a night of kind of getting close to the prize and and letting it slip away. Um, there was a couple of times where we almost had a hold of him, and then he'd pass out, and then or he'd run or whatever. And it felt like it was going to be one of those frustrating nights. And I think largely for the first half, it was like that. Yeah, but again, some of it, it's exactly that, right? It's 
it was that play what personified the play for me was and i know we we talk behind the scenes obviously when the game is going on because we live breathe and and drink this stuff um and i can get overtly negative sometimes and i get frustrated and it's something that we can't put out on the group twitter you know but like we're fans at the at the end of it all that this what this whole thing is and you're probably sick of me moaning at you on on facebook messenger the odd time now again like i i like to keep the faith and i'm a generally positive guy i'm pretty laid back but when it comes to and another thing i found out at the game i'll get on to in a second um that i'll tell you about but anyway it, you know what frustrated me was that the play that sort of stood out was where we got it was a third and long and then we, Nick Perry was millimeters away from bringing Dak down. And Dak with kind of like a, fr- you see, I say this and it's negative. It's like a frustration play. But I actually think in fairness to him, it was a very good play that he was able to pick out the player. And haha, Clinton Dix, it was a busted coverage. And he let the guy catch the ball and then turn him. And he ended up converting for whatever it was. It was a 40, maybe a 30 or 40 something yarder. Which really annoyed me because that like we did so well. We brought the boom and the first and second down, and then the third down comes in and we get pasted. Now on top of that, um, their fourth down efficiency was perfect on the night. I think they were four for four and fourth down, which a shows me that they had the balls to go for it. So kudos to them, and b is that they have the weapons and the tools to to, to beat anybody on it because they raised it and said that Dallas have been doing this so far throughout the season, be it a young season. And I don't think anybody has managed to stop them on fourth down. So why wouldn't you go for it? Um, mm-hmm. But what frustrated me on that again, Ryan, was is that, you know, the obvious play is up the middle. And Zeke Elliott wasn't getting that and going at the start of the game. But he could always seem to find that one yard. He was always able to get up and get that first down, which kind of pissed me off as well. Yeah. Um, but but like what you said, this is a good Dallas team. I mean, you know, these, these guys are tipped to go to the Super Bowl. And I think the expectation as a Packer fan, and correct me if I'm wrong, is is that every drive is perfect, every drive is a scoring drive, and that when we stutter or you know someone drops the ball or we have a miscue, it's unacceptable to us straight away. When really, if we were fans of another team, you know we we chomp at the bit to get a couple of wins, whereas we just expect to pace the team every single time. Uh, yeah, I think there certainly used to be a day when we thought that, but uh, maybe. Maybe now I think definitely the fashion for for the Packers is to do it the hard way, do it the heart attack pack way. And mm-hmm. um, but look, if nothing else, it makes it a very entertaining game to watch. Um, but it's just whether everybody's hearts can quite keep up with it. Yeah. The thing is, what we have got to remember last night is we managed to win a game, and you often hear this in the in the Premier League football. It's people say the sign of a good team is a team that can win ugly. Now we didn't win ugly. We 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 did. We played perfectly well. There was some really good football. But what we didn't do so well is uh, Dallas out-yarded us 408 to 342. Um, Possession-wise, they had 35 minutes of the football compared to our just under 25. Mm. And they had more first downs than us. And yet we somehow still find managed to find a way to win that football game. And actually it was one of the, let's say, the black sheep of the Green Bay Packers at the moment in Demarius Randall that pretty much turned the momentum for mm-hmm. the Packers because it looked like at one point neither defence was going to stop the other's offence and uh, and it was just going to go backwards and forwards that way and it needed to be. Somebody needed to turn the ball over and uh, Demarius Randall was that guy to do it. Yeah, um, out of all people, Demarius Randall and uh, yeah. we we put out a tweet last night was, you know, Demarius Randall's stats on the day, two big plays, one interception, one touchdown and zero strops. But at the same time, People didn't react too well. It's amazing how they just can't give him a just can't give him a, a second chance. 
is that he made it into the end zone and then he throws the ball at Dak and then does the Des Bryant X <laughs> and then he gets done for unsportsmanlike <laughs> conduct. Ryan, what do you think of that? Is that unforgivable or do you think I ah, let him have it? Because let's let's because it's a fifteen yard penalty, but uh, Dallas gave up a ten yard penalty on that kickoff return. Yeah. So it cancels it out. But if you don't take that into account, is that just stop doing that stupid stupid stuff? Oh, it's it's another one. I think didn't his mum come out? <laughs> this is what's, I like this after the 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 incident the other week where he he left the stadium or or didn't leave the stadium and was sent from the field or or chose to leave the field. Whatever happened there. I'm sure his mum come out and commented on the situation and said basically he needs to grow up. Yeah. And in that very moment there, you, you saw that first year brilliance that he had. Because in that first year, he was a much better player than he obviously was in his second year. And we thought, oh, it was just the down year. This year it's kind of continued and now we're not sure whether, you know, he's the, maybe the player we thought he was. Yeah. Um, but in that moment, he showed the skill that had him drafted where he was. Um, and, he, and he showed the brilliance and you know to return the ball back and like I said he did turn this game around he is one of the key factors for us winning this game of football yeah but also at the end of that he showed again why he keeps getting into these stupid situations because he tossed the ball at Dak Prescott when there was no need you know Dak Prescott doesn't need the ball tossing at him he's just thrown you the ball he probably knows in that instant that he's just given momentum to the Packers you've done your job you've already got in his head you don't need to toss the ball at him yes okay Dallas then were, were were done for a penalty on on the um, on the kickoff and and it all kind of negated each other at that point. But um, you know it's it's just a dumb move and again shows that he does need to do some growing up and he needs to get the attitude maybe adjusted a little bit. I also understand on the other end there may have been some frustration there and he just let it all out and won it. And uh, but again that comes down to a maturity level of the player. Yeah, because it's a shame he had a fantastic day. He gave up a touchdown to Des Bryant, but apart from that. Um, he didn't surrender a catch for the rest of the game, according to Pro Football Focus, which is just, it seems unbelievable. Um, he had that interception, uh, runs it in for a touchdown to boot. Yeah. He's played 60 snaps on that game, which is the most he's played in his career. And he also, now, it got, I think it got wiped out because of a Dallas penalty. But Dak Prescott had that free play into the end zone and he got his hands up on it and, and slapped it down, mm-hmm. um, which was an impressive play. So whereas everybody else wouldn't sort of see that as a as a play pro football focus go ahead and grade it anyway because they sort of take every play as if it was supposed to happen so to not surrender a single catch on any other play and to give up a, a touchdown to des bryant which that's okay it's des bryant you know what i mean this is a guy who's one of the elite receivers in the game and dak prescott who i'm starting to come around is? to um yeah because i think it comes down to the x factor it's it's the whole garrett bale debate in my mind is that mm-hmm. garrett bale spends most of his time injured he can fluff his lines but then he can completely take over a game and 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 play with seven goals in and if, if you're not watching i think it's more so looking at the potential around for me than anything else and i think he is an elite potentially elite receiver but i think I don't know. I, I mean, how do you feel about it? Do you feel that you have to perform week in, week out to, to keep that elite status? Or are you happy with the fact that he is elite, he just doesn't have as many opportunities as he potentially could have? Um, I don't know, because, look, Dak Prescott's a perfectly good passer, and he's got unbelievable size and unbelievable strength, speed, all the rest of it. he's got everything he needs. But last night, Jason Witten, who I think now is, what, is he 38, 49? I don't know how old he is now. So at least 54. Seems to have been around forever. Um, But Jason Witten was a leading receiver with just 61 yards. You know, and uh, Bryce Butler uh, was in front of him as well with 57 yards. 
Um, he had five receptions, you know. But as good as Dak is, every rookie or sophomore quarterback will always find the escape valve and release valve in the tight end. Uh, Drew Brees does it even still because he's diminutive, but then Dak Prescott will do it because he's new. And as well as that, what I will say for Jason Witness, he's always open. This guy is going to be a Hall of Famer, first ballot Hall of Famer for a reason, is because he's always open. I think he's retired like twice and came back. You know, and even when Tony Romo was in there, um, there's some people saying that he's overrated, certainly not overrated as a commentator, and we definitely needed him last night. Um, but, you know, Tony Romo used to always go, he was his little toy that he used to play with too. So Jason Witten, I think, is just next level elite. I think he's just as good as Gronk, but he doesn't have that big play explosive ability, but his consistency throughout the years has just been ridiculous. So I think that's okay. But come here, let's, let's if, if, if you let me focus on this topic, right? I think what really stood out for me last night was, is that at the start of the season, we would have picked out Jordy Nelson to have another big year and he's doing great. And um, Randall Cobb to kind of, you know, be a stalwart in the offense. Demarius, what am I saying? Demarius Randall, uh, Devontae Adams to come in and play big games. So, you know, Clay Matthews maybe have a resurgence. Mike Daniels is going to be great. I would have picked out all the big names and said, you know, this is where our team lies mostly. And then all of the other parts are kind of co- complementary parts. But what I'm being surprised at um, week in, week out, Ryan, is that we've been hit with injuries, uh, just like the Chargers and their season is tanked. Um, albeit that they won uh, this week um, but we have that next man up mentality and the next men up are standing up to this challenge we've Kevin King come in probably into a role that Demarius Randall was thrown into last year and they couldn't hack it and they were in their second year whereas Kevin King is in his first and he really brought the boom on that first tackle to, to show his intention against Ezekiel Elliott. That I mean, was awesome, wasn't it? I yeah. mean, it's kind of hit that makes you jump off your seat, right? Oh, yeah, big time. I mean, and you commented on that last night. That was the first thing you said to me over IM. You're like, dude, Jesus Christ, look at that. And I think we had some, uh, you know, blasty emojis, which is what's going to lead me on to my next person that I was impressed by, Aaron Jones. Now, wow. uh, let, let me unleash you on Aaron Jones here. You are super impressed by this guy. Yeah, so look, I, I, I said it recently, I think it might be in the last podcast, you've got to start looking at it who's your best running back so they've been sticking with Ty and then they went with Williams because they said that these guys are better in pass protection and admittedly the Green Bay Packers are a pass first team that don't particularly think run and as again I've said before don't aren't particularly set up to run in in my opinion Um, so I know you had Montgomery and Williams and they were in there because they had better uh, pass protection Mm. and I understand you know the Packers yes are a pass first team um, they're not particularly set up or don't even particularly think run. Um, and so I can see why you'd put the the better pass protector in to make to ensure that part of the game, to ensure number 12, to ensure the franchise. I get that. Mm. However, we need a running back and we need a run game. Now, as I said, I think I've said again before, you could have Adrian Peterson in his prime, you could have Walter Payton, you could have Emmett Smith in their prime in our current team, they wouldn't be able to run. Well, guess what? I got proved wrong last night because Aaron Jones came into our team with a simplified playbook. They kept mentioning that all night. I mean, Joe Buck, come on, at some point you've got to get some new material. Um, <laughs> or Troy Aikman or whoever else. You know, we had, we had Romo last week and then we get downgraded to those guys, right? So... They, they're banging on about it all night. Simplified playbook for this guy because he hasn't had the amount of reps and all this rest, blah, blah, blah. And guess what? All they asked him to do was find a gap and run through it. Right? Simple as that. Mm. And he did it. And he got, uh, you know, well over uh, 100 yards. I think it was uh, 125 on 19 carries mm. um, for a touchdown. And he probably should have had more than the one, I think. 
Um, he certainly deserved more than that. And, and he had some really key plays as well, especially even that one on the final drive. I mean, when we started running that ball on the final drive, I was like, what are we doing? But obviously he found his way. He also got out of bounds and, you know, made some nice yardage. Very impressed of him. Um, I can't see now how... And all right, yeah, get it. Small sample size and all that, right? But actually, in one game, he just eclipsed anything anyone else has done so far this season. So, yeah, small sample size, but he just did it against Dallas, and I get it. In the other podcast, we both spoke about how their defense is weak. Um, it's a young defense. The strongest um, part is the run, though. Fair enough. So, I so, think they were the third best in the league at stopping the run. Okay, so I stand corrected. So, yeah, look, it's one game, but... I think I'm excited enough about it. I hope the Green Bay Packers are excited enough about it that they make this guy the starter next week. Mm. I don't know how you feel about that. Yeah, um, well, I put it out. This is what I said earlier in the podcast. This is something I learned something about myself. Do you ever have an image of yourself and then you say something and someone says something back and you're like, what? Um, so I put out on Twitter yesterday uh, during the game, I was like, oh, if you listen really, really carefully, you can almost hear the mouse click of someone buying an Aaron Jones jersey. Because... People get carried away after one game. This guy is dynamite. I think his stats are ridiculous. And I'll sort of go into some of his stats in depth to show you just how impressive it was. It wasn't just that he had a good game. But also, I think there's certain reasons for it. Like, the jury's still out on Aaron Jones. And he has the pedigree in college. And Andy Davies somewhere is flipping the bird to the radio because he's thinking that this guy is legit and straight legit from the start and doesn't need to prove himself or whatever. Um, now, the one caveat that I will say is when you simplify a playbook for somebody, it takes away that overthinking element. And they literally just, you give them the freedom to say, if you see the hole, just burst through it. You know, like we're going to open up on the right side. If you don't see, you know, the A gap, B gap, whatever, just burst through whatever you see and run to daylight. So sometimes that helps. And if you get a bollocking in training because you didn't go through the right gap because you maybe opportunistically went somewhere else, uh, well, then you probably get ripped apart for it. Whereas in a game time, they're probably saying to him, look, we'll make it real simple. If you see light, go towards the light. Don't die, but go towards the light. And maybe that's what happened here, you know? And then on top of that, maybe you're looking at a Dallas D who are doing their prep. They see Ty Montgomery isn't going to play. He's out with ribs. They see that from the injury report. They know that it's all posturing that he might play. Jamal Williams is potentially playing on a knock. So you've got Aaron Jones in here who is the third stringer and you probably don't expect much of. So you're not going to stack the box. You're going to, you know, you've got Devontae Adams back, which he's dynamite and he showed how he punishes you. Uh, you've mm-hmm. got Jordy Nelson in there, uh, Martellus Bennett. You've got these big passing weapons and, you know, you're good at the run probably the way that their defense is set up. So they're thinking we don't really need to worry about that. So he's probably not seeing the amount of personnel that are in there to stop him. Um, and that's why he was able to get so free and get some of those plays. Now, I'll just go back to that jersey comment, right? So I was sort of saying, you know, don't lose the run yourself. Don't go out and buy the jersey yet. Well, I said, like, you know, and then I said there's a Packers hipster out there. And the majority of the comments when I got underneath it were, so is that you then, Steve? And I was like, what? <laughs> what? Really? Do I come across as a Packers hipster? I mean, do you know how what I mean? No, somebody said that the other day. I'm guessing this is Ryan's tweet this. And I'm like, how can they tell the difference? Yeah. People just seem to know. Do you know what? I, I balked at that comment. Is it because uh, yours, everything's spelt correctly and mine's just got, you know, got the wrong there in it. Got the <laughs> in the wrong place. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, maybe. But th- that's the thing. I-, I tell you what, I nearly spilled my lemon tea and my avocado toast on my Aaron Ripkowski jersey when I heard that I was a Packers hipster. I couldn't get over it. My monocle nearly fell straight out of my eye and my cape was in tatters. Couldn't believe it. Anyway. Jesus. Yeah. So Aaron Jones. Now, that's the, that's the reason why I think he got so much purchase. But let, let me forget about what I'm saying because I'm just a dumb paddy, right? And let's get on to Aaron Rodgers. In his presser, he was saying... 
what? <laughs> you know, just used to you saying that to me, you know, off air and all yeah. that. Yeah, just yeah. holding up notes and stuff when I'm talking. So, uh, let's get on to the, the guys actually know what they're talking about. So, you know, Mike McCarthy was saying that he was super impressed by him. Um, you know, any sort of the way he goes on hilarious and then Aaron Rodgers came out and said that he was proud of him and he said some key things like you know like what you were saying Ryan on that final drive when he handed him off the ball first off they asked Aaron oh was that a ballsy move by Mike McCarthy are you calling that what made you do that and he said no I was calling the plays so it made it look like that Aaron Rodgers was the main driver behind that they call it a two minute drill but it's not it was like a minute drill Ryan I can't even take a dump in a minute i like i don't understand ryan i can't make a cup of tea in a minute but this guy can go and he left 13 seconds i just don't understand anyway so i'll stop talking in a second so he hands the ball off to aaron jones and he said that the way aaron was to not only break tackles get out to the outside but to step out of bounds he said there's some stuff that you just can't coach now i instantly thought well you can coach that but i was sort of thinking fair enough like in the spotlight in the at&t stadium with everything on the line and you managed to get to the outside and step outside to stop the clock that is great now his stats as he said 19 attempts 125 yards but he makes people miss you know his missed tackles were five his yards after contact were 2.84 so nearly three yards after you hit him he's going to gain that extra three yards and that's what we need we need those extra few inches he had 54 yards after contact so after you bring him into contact he's still going to get now if a if a rusher has over 100 yards in a game that's seen as kind of that landmark game right you're kind of thinking well that's great over 100 yards he's a 100 yard rusher in this game and people count those things he has seven (laughs) games over 100 yards so he would have got half of that total, which so he got 125, which he blazed through. But 54 yards of that was after contact. So this guy, he's short, but he's explosive. He gets those extra yards. And the main one for me is, is first off, he played in over 80% of the snaps. So 53 out of a possible 60. And on top of that, everyone bangs on about this um, pass block and stuff. So he was in on eight pass blocking assignments and didn't allow a single pressure. So... Yeah, yeah. He's adept at it. And then on top of that, then, if you want to talk about Ty Montgomery as the dual threat, Jones only got had to get thrown one pass because we have enough passing weapons in there. That's not what Jones would have been put in to do. He was thrown one pass and he went nine yards with it. So he nearly gets the first down off a pass. So to me, this guy's super impressive, but I want to see what he can do going forward. And I think he's going to get that chance now with Ty being injured with the ribs and Jamal maybe not being healthy. Um, I'm excited about him, but I don't think we should lose the head quite yet. Okay, well, I've already ordered my jersey. I'm going full in for this guy. I think I'm getting excited. It could be the the first time we've had a, a big time running back, um, and yeah, so I'm I'm going all in with with Aaron Jones. I'm uh, yeah, hopefully jersey's on its way. Yeah, well, congratulations <laughs> on your new jersey. Uh, right, so clown of the week goes to anybody who's ordered an Aaron Jones jersey so far, Ryan. So you're dangerously close. Finally, I get to, to win something. Been trying to get that. Been trying to get that employee of the month, but uh, you know, I set up for clown of the week. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, look, the, the, but that that's the thing that really strikes me with this game is that we have bit part players in. Um, you know, we still have a patched up O line. Balaga was in, but he wasn't right for for a while. Uh, Bakhtiari was in in street clothes, of course, because that moment, Ryan, was that not almost edible last night when Troy Aikman was going on about Bakhtiari and he was going to explain how he was out with a hamstring and that's why he's still not right. And then the camera cuts the Bakhtiari on the sideline. Like, first off, 
that's a dick move by the producers, right? You let him talk, say it in his ear, he's not actually playing, and then get him to correct himself later. Don't tell the cameraman, cut it back to Ari on the sideline, because the silence was deafening. It's, it's, it's amazing, and it was such a great moment as well. I think um, it, it's it's similar to one that we saw a few years back in Spanish football, where the commentator's talking about how... Uh, Luka Modric was was injured on the sidelines. He's out for so and so, and then he uh, suddenly, you know, you know how in football they kind of basically nothing's happening. Sorry, in soccer, nothing's happening, so they just start talking mm. about players. So he's, he's yeah. going on about how Modric is out. You know, the team are missing him, and then all of a sudden the game picks up and sort of bursts into life. So he goes, oh, "Okay, Ronaldo down the side and inside to Luka Modric," and then on. A, and he doesn't even stop. He's just been talking for ages about how Luka Modric was out. And then, they, then he doesn't even stop as he gets past the ball and then passes it to somebody else. <laughs> but yeah, just like that. But I think, why not? If I was a producer, I'd do that. <laughs> well, yeah, because it's Troy Aitman, I suppose. And do yeah. it to him in his own home place. But that, that, isn't that the beauty of live radio? I mean, we've both done live radio gigs now. Some together, some on our own. And the oh, odd time... I still get so nervous. It's because you can say one thing. I, I got caught out once when they asked me how many rings Tom Brady has, and I was so knee-deep in stats, and I'd read that he'd been in so many and won so many. But, you know, my brain... It was a brain fart moment, and it went blank, and I just didn't know what was going on. And then they could, presenters sometimes, especially when they're not into the NFL, some of them who will interview you, it might be just a general sports show, sometimes they can go off on a tangent, and they come back and they say... They say, oh, what's, what's the shock of the season? And you might go, oh, well, the 49ers aren't playing great. And they go, yeah, what's, how many games have they won? And you're like, oh, well, I don't have the 49ers schedule open in front of me, so I'm not too sure. You know, and it's hard to answer that type of stuff. So yeah, in yeah. a way, you know, we put our industry hats on and we kind of feel sorry for the guy. But what else about this game then? Like, is there anything else that kind of summed up how the, the Packers season is going to go going forward for this game? Um, are any other points that sort of jumped out at you? Look, I'm still impressed with the two inside linebackers and... Obviously, I put a tweet out about the 2015 draft mm. um, and I gave Jake Ryan a big tick and I had loads of people going, what a tick for a backup inside linebacker. And I'm going, right, yeah, but he's been the starter last season and this season. Um, but anyway, but I thought that the inside linebackers both did really, really well. Martinez in particular starting to look like a real weapon on defense. Mm. Um, you know, so I'm excited about that. The secondary... Um, obviously, Bryce and King went off the field at one point. Obviously, King didn't return. Bryce, I think, did come back. Um, the guy's made of made of titanium. I don't think he, can, he would stay off the field too long. He folds um, people in half, Ryan. He folds yeah. he folds humans in uh, half I like paper. I just love watching him hit somebody. It's awesome. Mm. Um, but I thought he was good again. I thought the secondary, they certainly, they faltered at a point when, when I think particularly when um, King and Bryce went out and obviously that's replaced them with... Rollins and Randall, I think, at that point. Um, and it looked like for a moment like that was going to go bad. And and they did the old bend, not break, didn't they? They did just about enough, um, but only just about enough because Aaron Rodgers always does more than expected, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, so I still think there's concerns at the back in the secondary, but I'm going to say I'm encouraged by the likes of Josh Hawkins. I'm encouraged by the likes of Kentrell Bryce. And I thought Kevin King for when he was on the field, was doing a decent job. Um, so I'm still excited about the secondary, and I still think he can get there. But again, like every other position on the field, we've got to try and keep him fit, and we've got to try and keep him on two feet, which is uh, it seems to be more difficult than, uh, than we'd like it to be. Well, let's talk about mental toughness, because I heard on the Around the NFL podcast, um, Chris Westling, who we had on the podcast before, 
And if anybody will listen to that podcast, you'll hear that Wes really knows his stuff. Uh, he's a great guy. And unfortunately, he's been suffering from a pretty severe bout of cancer. Um, but he's still coming in to do somebody around the NFL podcast, um, which is great. So he mentioned mental toughness. And he says that this year, this game proves that this year is going to be the Packers year. And I said to him, why? <laughs> because, you know, they almost got bet. They had to come from behind at the last minute. Like, why would that tell you that this could be their year? And he said that, you know, it's about mental toughness here. It's the fact that they've, you know, we've been injured. Uh, we always find a way to step up. We see some shining lights come through as well yeah. who have stepped up. But he said it's about the mental toughness. It's the fact that they've been through this a couple of times now. Now, to me, that sort of shocked me a bit because I was like, like, I don't think you can have mental toughness to injuries. Do you know, like if you have an injury, I don't understand how if you have a lack of playing ability that that somehow your mental toughness will get you through. But I suppose he has a point. I mean, this this team's been there and done it right. We've had the, the shock and loss of the NFC Championship game. Um, you know, we've had a few playoff losses in between that have been pretty hard to take. Some being close, some being blown out. Um, we've dealt with injuries and we've lost because of those injuries. And do you think that's a point, Ryan, that because we're so injured, we're destined to just not let these poxy injuries get in our way again? And that if the next man has to stand up, he stands up and we do what we have to do to get it done, even if it is slightly ugly, to get the win. And that's why, against all odds, we're four and one. We should not be in the position we're in. Because we're in a, the same position or and worse we than we were last season. Yeah. We should be trying to we say it right. We should be trying to run the table again. And I think we had the Atlanta Falcons number. I think don't think that they're great. We could have have a perfect season to now, but we've been riddled with injuries and we've a patchwork goal line. And even Lane Taylor, I mean, as great as he was in the last game, he gave up all types of pressure in this game. Pressures and sacks. And even on that last play where Aaron Rodgers rolls out and runs. You know, the pressure that he was feeling was down to Lane Taylor letting a man blow through him. So you know, we seem to find a way to get it done. I mean, are we just looking at the teams that we've come up against have had deficiencies that, that we were able to exploit? Or is it down to some of that mental toughness to get over the adversity that we're going through? Uh, yeah, okay. Good question. Uh, mental <laughs> tough, yeah, I mean, mental tough, toughness, yeah. I think the next man up thing is always going to be there in the NFL because there's always somebody that wants to take your job. There's always somebody that's younger that wants to come and take your job if you're a veteran. Um, but there's always... You know, someone take gets that chance, they're going to grab it with both hands. So that will always be there. Um, Green Bay have done that generally quite well. And and as I said, two of the guys just mentioned, you know, in uh, Kentrell Bryce and Josh Hawkins kind of come from the kind of, if you like, the nowhere to, to, to come in now and be, uh, obviously, Bryce, a, a huge part of the defence. And Josh Hawkins' stock certainly seems to be growing. Um, mm. You know, this sort of with the the, the D-end in Dial or Dial, um he he's another guy, you know, sim seemingly come out of nowhere to do it. So the next man up thing will always exist in the in the NFL, um, but particularly in the Packers, and and certainly we need it because of the injuries. Now, when it comes to mental toughness, um, yeah, it's hard to it's hard to qualify what that is, if you like. It's it's certainly not something that's tangible that you can you know put your finger on, if you like. So it's hard to know what it is, but I kind of get it in the fact that. Yeah, if we've got a player that's having to play out of position, the mental toughness of that O-line last week, for example, where everybody was in a different position to what they, what they should have been playing in with the exception of the centre, um, then the mental toughness of those guys to be able to go in there, compete and do that was on, was on show. Um, or you could say 
the mental toughness of somebody like even like Martellus Bennett, who's maybe so far even by his own standards has not maybe lived up to his own hype. His mental toughness to keep going no matter what, to shut out the noise around him, those that doubt him, and get in the game and do things like, like he did in the game last night with a catch that he made between two defenders that he had to lay out to get first in one hand and then bring it in and cradle it in the second. You know, So there's all sorts of different acts of mental toughness, even to the point of you know with Aaron Rodgers going back in the last few years with the whole run the table or the relax or anything else, it's there. And what you need is that you need that from all over the field, um, from all areas of the locker room. Um, and I think certainly it's something the Packers not only have, but have to have to be mm. able to continue to compete the way they are. I think this season is like the anti-season. I think that in prior years, you know, there's been all this lark about personal lives and not playing well and getting off the bad starts and running the table and relax. And Mike McCarthy saying, I'm, you know, I'm a, what did he say? Not an award-winning coach, but like I'm a very successful head coach. Uh, you know, the fire capers and all the rest. Like, I think this season's going to be different. Famous last words, right? But I think this season's going to be different because we've got a patchwork goal line. We've got an awful lot of players injured. And as the players start to come back into the mix, it feels very like any Super Bowl run that we've been on in the sense that we've been marred with injuries and someone stepped up and then people have started to get healthy and then the team starts to gel. I think if if people get that taste to step up, the likes of the Aaron Joneses and... and and Kings, uh, Kenny Clark is is looking like a force. If all of these people start to play really well, and then you get one or two experienced veteran gets healthy and back in again, and you do a bit of nice rotation, and the team keeps that nice balance and focus, that kind of gel where you're not just have you know ten people healthy banging back into the lineup and take the the backups off again. If you can sort of you know drip people back in again and get mm-hmm. that sort of momentum going, get the people healthy again. Like, I really think that we can do some serious damage. Like, we haven't seen all of this talk about the two tight end sets, three tight end sets, and, you know, the seven tight end sets. You know, all of this talk. Like, I think that Martellus Bennett is still yet to explode on the scene. Lance Kendricks has shown himself to be very dependable. Randall Cobb hasn't dropped the pass since 2014, 2015. So, I think that we could be so explosive that it's not even funny. And it's not fair on the rest of the league. And I think on defense, after that game last night, we're the 11th ranked defense. So we're still up there, right? Mm-hmm. So if we can bring that back, because we were sixth going into the game. So if we can bring that back down, get some people healthy, um, get that pass rush back, because we saw it from Nick Perry again last night. You know, we just need a couple of games where Clay Matthews is firing all cylinders. Kenny Clark, uh, Mike Daniels is just causing havoc up front. You know, and then Kevin King starts to really settle into the game. Devon House is back fully healthy. We could be absolutely unstoppable. And that's that's the... I think... I could be crazy, but I feel like we're on that precipice right now. Where I think after the bye week, as long as it doesn't mess up our kind of chemistry, I reckon from then on, I think we're going to go straight front to the Super Bowl. Now, that's ridiculous after this short period of time. But to be so successful and so banged up as we are now... I think that Martellus Bennett's going to break out, believe me, and this is going to be absolutely criminal. Yeah, no, I would agree uh, to, to in the sense that obviously these players that are out at the moment have to come back in. So the offense is absolutely banging, especially now if you can add Aaron Jones to it and he continues to have games like he did last night. Mm. If you can then add to that, the pro- <laughs> it's going to sound unfair, if you can add to that the, the first team, the starting 
O-line, as it were, coming into the season, who we thought was going to be on it. Yeah. You've now got players that haven't had to play for the last four or five weeks. And you've got players that are coming in fresh and you've got, you've got an upgrade in positions. And that's no disrespect to anybody on the line. That's just the truth of it. Okay, so suddenly you've got, you put to that an awesome O-line. You start giving Aaron Rodgers more and more time to do what he does. Mm. So you get all that. Defence, you just need to be able to keep a credible pass rush up front. And that can literally be the difference of what we've seen in the last few weeks between having Mike Daniels in the game and Mike Daniels not in the game. However, Martinez shooting through the middle the way he's been doing and causing absolute havoc, um, you know, he continues to be a weapon. Secondary, it's going to come together. It will come together. And it's starting to already, certain players are really starting to look the part, you know. And and, and I think, yeah, I, I, it's always scary because I think for the last, basically since 2010, and it seems mad to me now because I still feel like 2010 was just a few years back, but it's seven years ago now. Um, but since 2010, I felt like every year we can go to the Super Bowl, you know. And I don't feel like there's anything different this year. And actually, I feel like you're kind of right. The way we are winning with the with the changes to the personnel because of injury or, or, or whatever else, um, it kind of is keeping... Yeah, I, I still feel the same about it. Um, now, I think one of the most important things is we must keep winning. We must hope that Atlanta lose a few um, because ideally, I think, if you can take the playoffs through Green Bay in January, um, then I think, uh, you know... the Nobody's beating the Packers in January at Lambeau Field. No, and we're the second seed as it stands in the NFC. And you, like I know we sort of joked about it and said, like, oh, the playoff picture as it stands. But, you know, we're the second seed behind the Eagles, which, you know, let's face it, the Eagles, obviously, according to Doug Pedersen, is the 1996 Packers team. Um, which, <laughs> again, I know we laughed on them, but, you know, they're not doing too bad. So... Mm. You know, we're the second seed there. There's an awful lot of football left, uh, like people were saying, into the second half of last night's game. There's an awful lot of football left in the rest of the season. But, Ryan, let's talk about Aaron Rodgers then to kind of cap this out. Now, I, I love that Mike McCarthy came on the mic and said, come on the mic. Sounds kind of weird and rude. So I know when the <laughs> Mike McCarthy came on the podium, that also sounds equally as rude. So when Mike McCarthy started talking in the presser and he said that, they said to him about Aaron Rodgers, a bit of innuendo. Um, he said, "I need to widen my vocabulary because I don't have. I I just I don't know what other words I can say to describe the whole Aaron Rodgers thing." Now, from putting the two of them together and knowing what we know from what A Rod was saying and what Mike McCarthy was saying, is that A Rod pretty much engineered that final drive all on his own. Also, that third down scramble that he made. Uh, ESPN had a nice snazzy stat. I think it was probably Rob Domofsky again that said that Aaron Rodgers now tops the table for the most conversions on third down scrambles in the last five seasons. So when you think of scrambling quarterbacks, you think of uh, Cam Newton, uh, number one. You think of Colin Kaepernick back in the day. I mean, he was famously difficult for just taking off. Russell Wilson is still at it, mostly because he's a leaky O-line. And Aaron Rodgers is up top of that list. Cam Newton has the same amount with 35 scrambles on third down. Uh, Colin Kaepernick with 33 and Russell Wilson with 32. So, like, you know, Aaron Rodgers, he's the pocket passer. You flush him out and he'll make the pass. He's famous for doing the pump fake and then letting it go. You know, but he's scrambled enough and he used his legs very cleverly. And that's what he did there. And I love the fact that he even admitted that his eyes got big is what he said when he could nearly see the end zone and he was going to keep going for it. But he said, no, I'll step out of, out of bounds. 
you know, but Aaron Rodgers is different this season. And I said it at the start. He seems more open, more willing to talk about stuff. He's more willing to have fun. He's giving away tickets. He's on Instagram taking selfies, for God's sake. Um, you know, and I thought that was only me and 15-year-old girls that did that. But he's on doing it too, so I don't feel as bad. So, I've got beautiful hair. So, he, you know, he's doing it now. He's taking pictures of the dogs and stuff. So, um, it seems different to me, Ryan. And if it suddenly seems like... He's having as much fun off the field as he has on it because he's famous for smirking and smiling and all the rest. Like, I think Aaron Rodgers is cementing his legacy when we see other, you know, seemingly first ballot Hall of Famers going to shit. I mean, you look at Ben Roethlisberger, he throws 17 interceptions in one game. So do you think that Aaron Rodgers is key to why this season is going the way it is also? Because he got us out of the dumps last season without running the table, but his play to me seems remarkably different in the sense that he seems like a, a person who's not as weighed down maybe that off the field issue stuff was for real dare i say uh, yeah i, I paused then because I, I don't know how much to put in that mate who who knows I, I honestly don't know what to pass on that i mean his performance hasn't really changed on the field but you're right, is it is I guess his character and, and the way in which he's interacting off the field maybe has a bit. Mm. And who knows why that is. You know, I mean obviously he had quite a high profile uh, partner. Um certainly somebody the media was almost interested in on her own without A Rod. Oh yeah. Um so there was obviously a lot of tension around them. Maybe he's not that kind of guy that wants all that attention. Um I d I don't know. It seems it's difficult. I don't know how much to put in it is the answer. I, I've never I don't really give it too much thought. I'm happy for him though. He seems happy, you know, and this is this is what I like to see from him. You know, I, I don't know. I think we all love A-Rod. All Packer fans love him. All people who are looking in from the outside. Some people like don't know who he is. He's, which is weird because he's the best quarterback in the game. But if you say Aaron Rodgers, like, oh, I don't know, Tom Brady and Drew Brees. Why? Well, yeah, because we're on the Ellen show. So I'm, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of, I'm really, I feel warm inside. I'm, I'm really happy for him. I'm happy that he seems happy. You know, I, I know that seems kind of ridiculous, but I don't know. I, we feel like we know him almost, and I'm yeah. just, I think it's all coming together for him. And as you said, his play on the field hasn't particularly changed. I mean, you know, it was no surprise that the way it, it sort of panned out last season because our receivers couldn't get off that press man coverage and people got wise to it. But I think the Packers are doing some interesting stuff now. Um, and I just, I don't know. I'm just happy. I'm delighted. Delighted for him. Brilliant. Um, so <laughs> go on, go on. What are you going to say about his personal life, Ryan? You look like you're going to jump in no, and I'm say not, something. No, no, no. no I'd just, I'd be happy if I was being paid a fortune as well and getting to play in front of all those fans every week. Um, but yeah, maybe, maybe the closer he gets to his contract extension, the happier he's getting. Maybe that's the common denominator. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. I was also just, <laughs> just checking the inbox as well to see if our, um, invite for the Ellen show had come through yet. And, uh, uh-huh. No dice. Yeah, maybe I'll check the junk box in case it's just thrown in there. But yeah, it's a shame. What do we have to do to get on? Well, we know Ellen listens, but maybe she just doesn't have time. Right, Ellen. Um, maybe she just doesn't have time to pop on. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. Anyway, she wears um, great suits. She does. I'm sure as an office guy, because you are the quintessential office guy, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure you know you can appreciate a good suit. I don't know, because I'm working from home now. I'm still doing the same uh, job, but I'm working from home. So I've kind of become a bit of a hippie. Like, I've grown my hair out. Yeah, you need to... To be fair, yeah, you need to smarten up. I've had yeah. enough of this. <laughs> <laughs> a 
Hey, look, that most of the time we record this podcast, you've got your shirt off, so I don't think you're the one to be talking about dress code here, Pat. <laughs> I was just about to say, I want some professionalism and standards in this studio, and then, uh, yeah, okay, fair point. <laughs> <laughs> Start off drinking beer. You're like Oz from uh, Keeping Up the Card. Yeah, I was gonna say Keeping Up the Kardashians. What's that? Keeping Up Appearances? I don't know. Who cares? It's all the same. Um, so yeah, yeah. With Mrs. Bouquet in it. Yeah, Mrs. Bucket. Yeah, yeah. What a show. Keep, what is that called? Yeah, it's Keeping Up Appearances. Keeping Up Appearances. Yeah. Jesus, that's the program came out before we were born, Steve. Still quality. Got to catch those reruns. I'm enjoying the Friends <laughs> reruns too. Uh, so let's get on to any other business. Our Manchester meetup is. So close. So close. We can almost feel it. And we've got an announcement. Go on. Don't we? Do we? Yeah. We're going to run a raffle on the night. Ah, we do. So we're going to do kind of a, if you like, a live 1919 on the night. Yeah. And we have got a Super Bowl winning jersey for you. A signed Super Bowl winning player's jersey. Um, All I'm going to give you is 1996 versus the Patriots. And the player sacked Drew Bledsoe, I believe, in that game. So if you can work that out, that's who the signed jersey is. Um, there should be some signed photos along for the ride as well. Um, so there'll be a few prizes, and we'll sign those. You know, you're still gonna get someone. You're still gonna get someone coming in. Oh no, no, it's a Brett Favre. <laughs> like, no, Brett Favre did not sack Drew Bledsoe in the night. Yeah, unless I missed that play. Mm. Um, yeah. Do you know what jersey I want? Desmond Howard. Just on another note. Yeah. And write MVP and I like that. I saw Mike Daniels sign some stuff recently and he started putting in uh what the, what the, what is he putting in? First interception, first sacker. He's signing something. I like when people put in that tagline when they sign jerseys, it's pretty snazzy. Yeah, I think what was it that uh, George Koontz put on stuff? He puts full forward. forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was a that was a good one. Yeah. Yeah, nice. So that's the Manchester meetup. Dublin meetup as well um, is a little bit further away. Manchester meetup's in a couple of days. Dublin is in November 19th. Now, there's a lot of people coming over for it. We'd love to see you over there. Absolutely love to see you over. So we're doing a bit of flag in Phoenix Park, and then we're going to head over to, might do a little miniature pub crawl, and then hopefully end back in the woolshed for the game. So it's going to be a clanger. Six pounds, all it costs you. And the only reason that we're ticketing the event is to make sure that we have numbers for the venue. That's all. And... The six pounds, like we've said before, doesn't actually cover the cost of the pints and all the rest of the stuff that you get so on the day. On. So, so do you get tree beer? Tree beer? Tree beer? No, you get two so beer. You get two beer. But you get it's two, true. not three. You can have three if you want, but you have to buy it yourself. But what you're saying is, it's two beer for three. Two beer for three euro each. For free. You're a whore. Do you know what? Is it because <laughs> I slagged you off earlier? Yeah, you did my funny little accent. It's You're right. a piece of work. You're a piece like of it. work, you are. Whatever. Yeah. Um, anyways, um, and also, we're definitely nailing in the Browns game in London, yeah, in the Hippodrome mm. Casino, which I will get... Well, we need to get that on the website, don't we, soon? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's going to happen. There's... Uh, not that I'm going to try and downplay this, so, but just all i say is there, what it's going to be is basically Hippodrome Casino shows NFL every Sunday, so there'll be bun- a whole bunch of fans there. Um, we'll get a group of us there, join in with it, and they'll put us on one of the TVs and we'll basically get our little corner to watch it in unless we can manage to convince the guy that runs it, who I will add is a Chicago Bears fan, um, to put us on the big screen. So we will do our best. Mm. Um, but yeah, come on down. Uh, sound like, was that Bruce Forsyth come or on uh, Drew yeah. Barrymore? And the dude is Drew dead. Barrymore. I cannot like believe Drew Barrymore, you're quoting it? a dead guy. Rhino. Well, yeah. Come on, bro. Vint? Okay. Um, but, <laughs> no. So... 
yeah, so we're going to pop down there. It's a six o'clock kickoff against the Browns uh, in the Hippodrome Casino. They have uh, deals on beer, deals on food. If you're drinking the Coors Light, it's nice and cheap. They have uh, good food like nachos, burgers, chicken wings, uh, all sorts going on. Um, it's a good night there. Um, so, yeah, come on down. We'll do that. So six until about half past nine, that'll be. So you, if, you, if you're local to the area, obviously, you can jump back on a train and get yourself home and to work the next day. Yeah, uh, kind of informal. And the last one then to mention is, and I know people are probably switching off now at this stage, Super Bowl. So the tickets are still selling hot and fast. We got a ticket extension. So we got more tickets so you can buy them. But, but what people tend to be doing is, is that if you're kind of nervous about booking, um, you can contact us first and ask us if there's any left and also if there's any rooms. And if it's the room thing, you're better off. A good idea would to would would to be to be or i can do english so the best thing to do would be to ring the hotel and ask them do they have any twin rooms and if they do well then you can get two people in a twin room or more whatever you want to do uh for 70 quid a room actually some people are getting them for 65 right now yeah just keep quiet if you get that yeah even cheaper and that and some people are like oh that's without the breakfast and people are like nope got the breakfast with no, that as still well the breakfast yep so you get your room your breakfast uh free use of the gym and spa facilities and there's the flag field outside so for 35 quid you can get your hotel and all of that gear in with it and then for an, another 25 then you get your super bowl ticket which is all you can eat american buffet style food eight foot by eight foot screen pa system entertainment and raffles on the night um and myself and ryan will be there so it's gonna be class <laughs> right i mean look, what else do you need yeah, and of course we're doing uh, some live 1919s on that night. I think we could have our biggest prizes yet at the Super Bowl. Um, mm. That's all we're going to say. But look, also on that night, what have we sold now? We've sold 51 tickets. Mm. The Kansas City Chiefs have just sold their 28th ticket. Yep. So of the original 80 people, we're not far off. However, like you said, we got that extension mm. um, up to 120 and we're starting to open it now. People are contacting saying, can we make come? He's a Browns fan. Don't hold it against him, but can he come along? Mm. Um, and so on and so on. Don't worry, we haven't accepted any Bears, Vikings or Lions yet, um, but we are going to start opening it up soon to others. So please do get in there quick. Yeah. Um, we'd rather it be filled with Green Bay and Kansas fans. Um, and it also looks pretty likely. Should we say likely? No, not likely. There's a good chance it could be Kansas and the uh, Kansas City, I should say. I always get told off by Tom for that. Kansas City, not Kansas. Mm. Kansas City versus the Green Bay Packers on the night. Yeah, touch wood, touch wood, touch wood. Ryan's there touching his wood. So, yeah, let's let's hope so anyway. And we do have a few people contacting us. Uh, that's the noggin. Uh, we do have a few people contacting us about, oh, look, we have a, a large group of lads. We usually meet up for the game. We're interested in going. Could we get 15 tickets? And we say... Yeah, of course you can. Um, so do get in before those uh, big groups. And this isn't scaremongering or marketing or anything else. Uh, we're not marketers. We're a fan group. And we just want everyone to be there and have a good time. Now, uh, we also want your noggins. So we've released the official UK Packers bobble hats and also the slouch hats. And it's become a bit of a rivalry rhyme between the slouch hats and bobble hats. Some people are pretty pretty damn staunch about which ones they want to go for. So you can get, it's embroidered and these are super premium. We said this before and again, it's not marketing speak. We've done uh, stuff before and went to view t-shirts and stuff before. And we've seen some of the quality of the merch that people are offering us to do stuff is just terrible. So we didn't go for those. And we've stepped up our merch game as we've, you know, we've been doing this now, whatever, four or five years and it's some top quality stuff. So the t-shirts are ridiculous. Jerseys are ridiculous. The hats are similarly ridiculous. There, It's an embroidered logo on it. So it's the same as the, the press box polos that we haven't released yet on a limited run. And you can also get your number embroidered on it as well. 
so jump on it uh but they're unlimited you, you know they're going to be open for members um and all of that kind of stuff so we're not going to run out so at least you have that but you know get one for the meetups it's going to look super smart yeah also sold our first set of shorts this week oh, so yeah. uh big shout out to that guy yeah sam was it sam yeah i think it was don't want to mention his full name just in case he wants to stay anonymous yeah i think so yeah, not unless he wants to stay in his living room and wear them and pretend like he is Conor McGregor. So let's finish it there. Uh, so that's it. We'll be back for the preview podcast of a Thursday night into Friday. Uh, so we hope you join us for that. So from myself at NFL on Twitter, from my old buddy, my old pal at Ryan Peacock NFL, make sure to follow the group account at UK Packers on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. And of course, go to the website www.ukpackers.co.uk. But it's goodbye till Friday. Nice.